Welcome to the Immigrant Voices Podcast Project. I'm Deb Bluestein, and I'll be bringing you the voices of the courageous people who have made the U.S. their home. You'll hear about the lives and people they left behind in their native countries, their journeys here, their struggles and successes. You'll hear from parents of dreamers, dreamers themselves, undocumented to naturalized citizens, and everything in between. Open to adventure and romance, at the age of 21, Milsey decided to leave the Dominican Republic to join her boyfriend in the United States. Why not, she said, and got her passport and visa. Within a year of her arrival, they married. When the relationship fell apart, Milsey was left to support herself and her daughter to start her life over again. Even though she had volunteered to help her Spanish-speaking community, she soon realized she needed paying work and a better command of the English language. From house cleaner to floral arranger to restaurant worker to teacher's helper, her fluency grew as she balanced work, parenting, and her continued commitment as a volunteer. Now enrolled in college, Milsey is pursuing her dream of becoming a paraprofessional teacher's assistant. She's gaining experience managing the child care program for children of parents attending the adult ESOL program at the Gardner. So my guest tonight is Milsey from the Dominican Republic. Welcome, Milsey. Thank you for having me here today. Can you tell us a little bit about what brought you to the United States back in well, 1997? I came to the United States because I met this man in my country, my ex-husband. I was in love with him. He told me one day, how about if you come to live with me here in the United States? And I say, sure, I don't have nothing to lose. So, and then I came to the United States to live with him and his mom. Then I was married with him for about three years. And then something happened and I decided it wasn't the best for me. And I said, no, I deserve more. And then I started to work with the Latin community. I started to work with, with them like to volunteer. And I love it. And I start to say, hmm, maybe I can do this because at that time I can't work because I don't have documentation. And was really, I feel like really a struggle at the same time because I can work, I can do like that much. And with the English, that was really tough for me because I tried to communicate. I want people to know what I can do to help the community and how I can help a little bit more. But at that time, was difficult. I tried to start helping my community and at the same time, try to go to the English class. So that was really difficult because then I had to start to work to make some money to pay my rent and all the stuff we have to do. Like everyone has to do pay bills and rent and all of that. What sort of things did you do for your community? What kinds of work did you do when you were volunteering? I remember this person, she was from Spain. I started working with her. She was working with a uh, single mom. So when they go back home, 
we go and visit them, welcome the baby, and welcome the new member of the family. She started taking note about what did they need, and she provided resource. Sometimes we bring some food from the food pantry for that family who need it, and some clothes and stuff like that. So for me, that was a really a good experience. From there, I started to work in my community all the time. I like to work in my community around where I live because from that day, it's something like that marked my, my life forever. I want to do something for my community because I received so much from my community. Then they closed that program for some reasons. And from there, they started to help me with my immigration status. At the same time, I tried to continue at a school to learn English. It was really difficult because then I have my daughter when I have 26 years old. I have my daughter and I was a single mom. It was a little bit difficult. I think I'm not the first one or the last one with that difficult situation. But I tried to push in myself. I was in three different schools. They have English class at nighttime summer school around the neighborhood I was living at that time. And I tried, but all of the time when I start, I still in the program for about three months, four months, and then I have to get out of the program because I have something else to do or situation with my daughter or I, ha- I found a job in the nighttime. So, and I have to provide and I have to go to work in order to get the money to pay what I have to pay that I always when I found the opportunity, subscribe myself in some English class and try to learn more. And I remember when I came to this country, one American man, he was a friend with, with my ex-husband, a really good friend. He told me, let me tell you something. If you want to learn English in this country, please don't spend that much time with your people. I spend more time talking and listening to the American people. And I said, why he said because that way you will learn more and he said don't watch the news and your language watch the news in english that will help you a lot and i really appreciate what he told me that day i always remember him and what he told me that day i was thinking that you said you started out helping your community. So you were speaking Spanish the whole time you were doing that. So that was good advice from him. How did you balance? Did you still do a little bit of volunteer work in your community while you were learning English more aggressively? Right now, I don't take the English class, but I try to go back to take more English class because I need it. In order to communicate and express myself and help another in my community, I have to learn more. And it's never late to learn. So I'm in college at the same time, try to be a teacher assistant. I like to work with kids. I like to help them. I like to help the family. And yes, I still in my community, helping my community around where I live and where I work. I try always to help the one who needed. So what's your work history from the time you started working in the United States <laughs> before your English was as good as it is now? <laughs> well, I was working uh, in a part-time cleaning, cleaning office at that time. 
I remember my ex-husband found that, that job for me. I worked in that place for about two years. Then I started working in this factory. They work with flowers, making nice, beautiful bouquet. So I worked in that factory too. I was loving that job because for me, I like to create. That was like amazing for me. Every single day was different. And I do something different every day in that job. From there, I started to work. I remember in this company, I worked with them in the Fenway Park. From there, I jumped to work in the in a restaurant for about a year. And then from there, I stopped working for a little bit because I was in a difficult situation with my daughter. She was needing me a lot of my time. And they had to call me from the other school she was first. They had to call me almost every day. Almost every single day. And I had to stop working for a little bit and pay attention to her and work with her and make sure she was okay, make sure she get the support she needed at that time. And then I was working for three years or two years and a half, something like that. And then I found the last one, the one I continue in that same school. Are you a teacher's assistant? Right now, I work like a lunch monitor recess monitor and I do bus monitor for that school too but in my free time I was doing volunteer in the class working with the teacher because I like to do volunteer for me when you receive so much for many people around you you have to give something back and for me that's the way I give something back to them from how much they helping me and how much they doing for me and how much they helping me with everything around me or with my daughter and all of that stuff. How did you make ends meet when you had to stop working to care for your daughter? So at that time, I remember I had to apply for some help from the system. And then I said, no, this is not me. I don't like this. My father teach me and my brothers to work really hard every single day. We started working with my father when we have nine years old because he had business. He want everyone to learn how to take care of the business. We have the family. So I remember taking administration class in my country because I was working with him in his office, in his business. And I remember my father always say, you don't have to wait for nobody to give it to you. What do you need? You have to work for that. You have to do something about it. And I started to sell, I know how to cook. I love to cook. So I started to make food and sell that food and make some extra money. So that way I can help my family and do a little bit more for me and my child. Were you cooking professionally in the Dominican Republic or is that something you did here in the States? Something that I did here in the States because in my country, I don't have to do nothing. In my country, when I come to this country, it's not because I don't have nothing over there or I have this difficult situation. At that time, when I met my ex-husband, I was independent. I have my 20, 21 years old. I was living with my father anymore. I remember having a job at that time when I met my ex-husband, and I have a really good job over there. But that's what I say. I don't have nothing to lose when he asked me to come over here and live here with him. And I said, yes, but we have to get married in one year because I don't like to live like that because my father always tell me, you have to be married 
You have to be married to live with a guy. When we were talking earlier, you said something about a farm. Was your father's business a farm? No, my father had a business in the city. He sell trucks, big, huge trucks. So out of the city, he have a farm. It's a really huge farm because he loved that. He have uh, some animals. He have fruits, vegetables, and everything because he don't like nothing from the city. He bring everything from the farm every week to the country or two times a week to our house. So that way he makes sure we eat something healthy all the time. What was the hardest thing about coming here at the age of 21? And it sounds like that's when you came and you had your first child at 26. My first and my last one. The hard part about to come to the United States is to leave my family. I was really close with my family. We are really close with my family, my brothers and sister. This is a really huge family. So that was really hard. Don't have my mom talk to her every single day or my father. I continue talking to him, but not that much because it was, it's different, it's difficult now. And the most difficult time is when I've been with no documentation here and I can't go to visit my family. That was devastating for me. Don't be available to go back and visit them, say, hi, I'm here, be there to say happy Father's Day or happy Mother's Day to my mom. That was really difficult for me. And when did that start to change? I think when we come to the United States, we change a lot situation, everything changed. I don't want to tell them all the stuff I'm going through in this country. I was going through a lot of difficult time. I don't want to tell them everything because at that time I feel like if I tell them, they would be concerned about me. They would be, oh, how can I help her? What can I do now? They would think in that way. And I don't want them to be like preoccupying for me. And at the same time, I feel like, okay, I need to grow up. I need to be a real woman and I have to figure it out how to live, how to continue my life and be successful in, in what I wanted to or where I want to go. How did the status change over the years? You said at that time you, you couldn't visit your family, but that's changed now, right? Yeah, yeah. Things got that change. Long Can time you, ago. What were the steps from not being documented to finally being able to travel and visit them? That time was really difficult for me. That was the most difficult time in my life. I tried really hard. You remember I'd say before I was working with this organization, like helping the community. So when they close that place, someone from the people who pay them like to help in the community they say who needs some help here with immigration and I say me I raise my hands and I say me and I remember this man oh my god he is a teacher in Harvard University he teaching in the immigration area so oh my god he was the best he's helped me in all of this process he's working with me for two years and a half that was so difficult for me and I asking him every single day when I can have my documentation, when, tell me. He said, we don't know, but we have to present all of the information they asking for. And I say, okay. So 
I remember going to my therapy and take all of the information he wanted from them and for the people I was living at that time. And I was so happy when one day he called me and he said, we have your resident card here. <laughs> Come and get it. <laughs> Must have been a day to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. That enabled you to go back to the Dominican Republic? Did you travel back there? Yes, but not right away. It's taken me like three, no, four years later. I go with my daughter, visit my family. My father met my daughter when she was three years old. He came to visit us in Boston. And yes, he's the, he was the first one who met my daughter. And then when I bring her over there, everyone was so happy. Yes. And she was so happy. Me too. How old is your daughter now? She's 20 years old. Whoa. And I have a grandchild already, two years old. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> wow. So can you describe a little bit what you do for work now? Right now, I work in the school system. I work in the office in that school for now. I'm waiting for another position. But I love what I'm doing. I work with Michelle, too. I'm supporting in the nighttime for ESL class for the parents who take the class. I take care of the the children for the parents so they can go and take the class and all of that. So that's what I'm doing right now. And at the same time, I'm in college and I'm trying to take another class. When did you decide to go to college? I decided to go to college when I see my daughter is bigger enough and she don't have that situation anymore. She have all of the support she need. And the soon I feel like she's ready, she can walk by herself. I said, this is my time now. And I remember my father said, never is late. Never too never late. Never too late. Yeah, never too late. Tell me about your passion for plants. I can <laughs> see that gorgeous aloe plant behind you. Talk a little bit about that and any other hobbies that you have. I love plants because when I say my father have a farm, we growing like around a lot of plants in my country and the city. We have plants everywhere. Like it's something typical in you in the Caribbean to have plants and learn how to take care of them. But for me, the plants I have in my house, all of them have to be like medicine plants or help me with something like I have a plantain plant, I have a lemon plant in my house, I have oregano plants, and that's the plant I have in my house. And I learned how to make soap because my daughter, her skin is really sensitive, and I learned how to make soap with no chemical. So I learned how to make my own body scrub, how to make some lip balm. Have you thought about turning that into a business? That's what I'm doing. <laughs> In addition to working, you're thinking about being an entrepreneur. Yes. <laughs> One step at a time. Well, you're learning how to do all those things like making soap and lip balm and the aloe plant. How do you use that? Aloe plant is really good for your skin. Um, I use it in the soap. It depends what do you need, what type of skin you have. Because when I make my soap for my friends, when they ask me, oh, can you make this soap? So I sell to them. And I say, okay, exactly why do you need that soap? It's for your face. Do you have some skin condition? So when they tell me, 
what did they need? So I make the soap and base what did they need. That's how I make my soap. Everything has to be organic with fresh plant or with everything I use is organic and fresh. I don't like products with chemicals because that is not good for the skin. It's not good for your health. And it's, that's how I do it. Looking at your beautiful hair, I just wonder if you use any of the products you make on your hair. Once a week, I use the aloe plant in my hair. That is really good for your hair. Your hair is more shiny. It's more soft. Most of the time when you use the aloe plant, you just have to peel, blend it, and use it in your hair. And leave it in your hair for about maybe 20 minutes or maybe 10, 15 minutes. And then you just rinse it out. And wash my hair normally with my shampoo and conditioner. So, Bilsi, do you have anything that you brought with you from the Dominican Republic that always keep with you? Maybe some little thing that you keep in your pocketbook or just you've always kept with you? I remember the only thing I keep it with me is my family pictures, my brothers, my sisters, my fathers, my mom. That's the only thing because I start to remember hmm, what I bring with me then I still have it with me and it's my family pictures. Your trip from the Dominican Republic to cross the border since you, you weren't documented when you came. Was that difficult to join your boyfriend? What was that like? When I come to the United States, I have my passport, my visa. So I came to the United States legally. The thing is, when I come to the United States, I lose my visa and my passport. I lose my documentation. And I have to stay here because my ex-husband and me, we talk about to do everything legal. I come to the United States, visit him, leaving him with him here. But I have to go back to Dominican Republic and come back like every three or four months to be like that. And then to get married and then to live with him here when he submits all of the petition and all of that. But everything disappeared one day. I don't know how. And that's why I have to stay here with no documentation. And I can do nothing. I can't go back. I can absolutely nothing. You mean everything was lost? Your passport? Everything? It just disappeared? I don't know how. I continue asking that question. How that happened? That must have been a big setback, but you overcame it. That was really difficult. Really difficult. What are some of your dreams about the future, Milsey? To be a teacher assistant to work in the class, take care of the kids, helping the family, and to buy my house. <laughs> One day to buy my house. If somebody came to you, another immigrant, asking for advice about something maybe that you wish you had done, and you could say to them, learn from my experience, I wish I had done X, what kind of advice would you give to them about based on your experience and also your observation of of your whole adjustment to your new life in the United States and becoming a single parent and and succeeding the way you have to make a life for yourself and your daughter. First of all, I would tell them to never, never stop learning English, never think they can do nothing because they don't know English like never stop dreaming because if you have dream you can go really far but if you don't have dream if you don't have much that is your motivation 
your dreams and you have to believe on them and believe you can do it. Believe on yourself. Something that is really helping me a lot is the advice that man gave it to me that day when he met me, like when he said, never, never watch TV in your language. Watch the TV in English, including when you don't understand. You will learn it little by little. What do you feel is your biggest success since you've been here? Uh, be working in the school system, be able to do what I'm doing right now with my community, helping others, not only at a school I work, in all my community in Old Sombrighton, working with them, see what the family needs and helping that families or give it to them the resource they need for the families. When is your college going to be finished? In two more years. What kind of degree will you have at the end of the two years? In two years, I will be a teacher assistant or paraprofessional. What's it mean to be a paraprofessional? Paraprofessional. What they do is work with the teacher to work inside the class, helping the teacher all the time. We have to work with the kids, go with them to recess, stay with them in the class, learning with them, teaching them with the teachers, and helping the teacher with everything they need to help the kids to learning. Sounds good. Have you become a citizen yet? This is my next step. Little by little, right now I'm taking the class for a wonderful woman. She's helping me in the process. I'm learning with her every week. I have to go with her, with her learning. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. And to be ready for next year. There'll be an exam in 2023. In two more months. Okay. Months, yes. You'll be ready. Thank you so much, Milsi, for this interview. It's been great talking to you. Thank you for inviting me. Fiercely independent and interdirected, Milsey has pursued her dreams with great determination and patience. Once she obtained her resident card, she was able to reconnect with her family in her native Dominican Republic and is now studying for her citizenship exam in 2023. Ever grateful to the people who helped her adjust to her life in the United States, Milsey wants to give back to her community. The child care services for the evening classes at the ESOL program for adult learners enable students to bring their children to school while Middlesey cares for them. The Gardner Pilot Academy is so happy to have this education professional on board as an essential staff member. Thank you for staying with us right to the end of this episode. The Immigrant Voices Podcast Project is the brainchild of Michelle Duval, the program director at the Adult Education Program at the Gardner Pilot Academy in Alston, Massachusetts. You can learn more about English for Speakers of Other Languages courses at our website, gpaesol.com, or by emailing Michelle Duval directly at m. Duval, D-U-V-A-L, at live.com. Without the funding of Charles View, Inc., and the support of its executive director, Joanne Barber, this project would never have been possible. 
And last but not least, a big thank you to all the guests who are participating in this series of interviews. And to all our listeners, we say thank you. Do come back for the next episode.